Welcome to the Call to Action Podcast, where we bring you incredible people and even more incredible stories with discussions and topics about what it takes to sacrifice everything to overcome hardships and failures to achieve success. Our guests heard the call. Now it's your turn. Quincy, for the simple-minded individuals who on a daily basis don't need to quote-unquote think about you know security and information and and everything you're dealing with what you know can you explain to our listeners who might not know uh what it is and maybe like why they should be interested in it more solid Hmm. question very applicable well individuals that are utilizing a computer for business, whether they are, you know, a person that's doing the day-to-day work, or they're a middle de- middle manager, or maybe they're the CEO of a company. I think that it's important for uh, for them to realize that um, that computer that they have at any given moment can either be a hard target or it could be a soft target. Um, and what is attackers, what's the difference between those? So a Soft target is a uh, computer system or you know mobile system that is easily breached. And why would it be easily breached? Uh, essentially, it hasn't been patched. It has a lot of unnecessary services running. Um, it has a lot of uh, uh, programs installed that don't need to be installed. Um, so all of those different activities, whether it's having you know like I'm sure individuals are like, hey, I don't need to update my operating system. It works just fine. Well, as a security professional, I would say you would be much better off updating your uh, uh, software, whether it's third-party software or OS software every single time. Um, And, you know, kind of recognizing the fact that ransomware and uh, these other uh, bits of uh, viruses, worms, malware, whatever, can take advantage of these holes that are patched by the updates. Um, So if you're patched, then you're safe. If you're not patched, you're vulnerable and more susceptible to to attack. And all it takes is one system on your network uh, to be vulnerable. And once the attackers gain a foothold, they essentially move laterally in, uh, in your environment, whether it's your home network, uh, or it's your corporate network or your hospital's network or your bank's network, uh, attackers follow, uh, you know, a, a life cycle uh, of, you know, gaining access, uh, recon, scanning, gaining access, maintaining access, and then they cover their tracks at the end because obviously they don't want to get caught. So to answer your question succinctly, why should individuals care? Uh, it's because their information and their business operations and ultimately, you know, their uh, their their revenue depends on it. Um, very, very important to, uh, to, to stay abreast of, uh, you know, what's happening uh, around you. And, and, you know, for an individual that's not in the information security realm, I would say just patch your network, patch your stuff, uh, patch, your, uh, patch your different devices. Take these simple steps, um, change your default passwords, you know, at home. Oh, so, gosh. you know, you're at home and you get like, uh, you've How got like often? a little little router or you've got like a, a video camera system or a smart doorbell or a smart washer or dryer. Those, those items can get hacked. Um, and if they get hacked, they can then, you know, start attacking other devices on your network or they can be utilized as a botnet 
to essentially attack uh, 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 you know corporations or other countries. Um, and the make bitcoins. <laughs> yeah, and make Bitcoin. <laughs> so you don't want anybody stealing your electricity to make Bitcoin, do you? <laughs> are are, <laughs> are ransoms typically the most uh, I guess lucrative way that hackers and attackers uh, make their finances or do corp other corporations pay for them to do certain things like obviously we kind of hit on the law firms and how silly right. that sounds but I mean how do these guys like it's just it boggles my mind that someone hmm. would want to take advantage of so uh, I guess could you answer that and then also when you guys are building systems to kind of counteract do you guys have to think like them or hire X attackers, hackers to yeah. combat this. So two part question. Hmm. So uh, in answering your first, uh, 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 the first part of your question, I don't think that law firms are hiring or uh, companies uh, rather are hiring uh, individuals uh, to hack into their competitors. That's uh, corporate espionage and it's, uh, it's obviously illegal. So um, I've watched too many I, movies I, is what you're saying? Mr. Robot. Yeah. I, I, I I don't think that that's the primary. I can't speak for everything that happens in the world. I, I don't. For I don't really sure, know. Sure. But, I, but sure. I, I would think that um, you know uh, there are certain instances where um, you know individuals might get hired on to a company for the purposes of siphoning uh, data. Uh, from that company and stealing intellectual property. If you look at some of the, uh, you know, major cases that you've heard about, um, you know, across the internet, um, you know, you're going to have some of the major auto companies that may have had, you know, individual siphon uh, data, um, possibly banks um, or, um, you know, just uh, random technology companies as well uh, for individuals trying to steal IP, steal ideas, and, uh, you know, it's in, it's unfortunate, but, you know, rather than thinking of it from a, you know, adversarial perspective from like, a, you know, information technology hacking uh, and, you know, trying to gain, gain access to networks, what they do um, is, is essentially bring in um, human beings to do that work there. Right. Mm. So it's so it's not necessarily a hacking operation. It's more of a uh, infiltration uh, operation from a from an HR standpoint, which is why, you know, it's 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 very important to, you know, do your background checks and, and things like that um, during your your hiring process. Um, and your uh, your second question, um, can you can you restate that one? Yeah. So, I mean, when building a defense mechanism ah. against these, do you have mm -hmm. to think like them or know them or hire them even to kind of help combat these these different types of scenarios that are always adapting, always evolving? They're always trying new things to do the same sit, you know, get the same results. You guys have to stay on top of your game. How, how do you guys do that? And everyone is only as strong as their weakest link. We absolutely. So, mm -hmm. so, so we do our best to, um, to 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 stay on top of things, as does every um, security department. So, I would say to answer your question, yes, uh, all of the above. We have to think wow. like them. We have to, um, you know, hire on uh, uh, penetration testers, um, and then we have to, you know, actually we have to think in in maybe three ways or, or move in three ways. The first way is we have to think like them. So on my staff, I have um, some individuals that are familiar with penetration testing and, and familiar with the attack lifecycle that um, that hackers love to follow in order to breach networks. So, you know, you're looking at 
Um, the MITRE attack framework is, is really good. Um, in prior years, individuals utilized the uh, cyber kill chain. Um, and, you know, my, my, my team, I essentially am in, indebted to them uh, uh, every single night that I'm able to go to sleep because they catch things that I don't. Uh, you know, we're very much a team. Uh, and um, it's, it's, it's very important to, to have that hacker mentality uh, in yes. order to uh, in order to think like the attacker so that you can prevent mm -hmm. stuff. So it's essentially the blue team. Right. So it's uh, the blue team, uh, the defensive team versus the red team, which is the uh, the hackers and, and the and the bad guys. Now, you know, thinking in that further, you also ha actually have to hire uh, penetration testing companies or you should uh, hire penetration testing companies to come into your environment and, um, you know, essentially throw the kitchen sink at your environment. And what that means is they're going to come in, they're going to sit down and they're going to scope out this wonderful engagement for you. They're going to attempt to breach your network and have, you know, certain different uh, goals uh, that they want to achieve, whether it's if it's to exfil data out of your environment, uh, gain administrative privileges on a laptop, maybe gain domain administrative uh, privileges uh, mm -hmm. or uh, possibly even uh, access your GitHub repository or, you know, uh, gain uh, access to your a cloud repository if you've got an S3 bucket. <laughs> right. yeah. um, you know, nobody checks it. They just load it into their uh, source code. If it works, it works great. They don't, you know, so you got you to gotta be very careful. Um, and then, then the third thing that you kind of have to uh, pay attention to is your audit, right? So mm. there are certain things that you should do from a best practice standpoint, and then there are certain things that you have to do from a compliance standpoint. So you have these two different things going on and, and they're not mutually exclusive. So you can be very compliant, but not have great security. And you can have right. great security. And then on the other end, you're not very compliant with your, you know, your client guidelines and, and best practices that are out there. So you have to think with your audit brain and think with your security brain. And then from there, that's when you're gonna get a wonderful, wonderful, you know, uh, uh, information security cake, <laughs> if, uh, if that's arrive, what you want to call it. Can you arrive at some tactics and tactics and techniques that people could use that really kind of like marry these two sides? Uh, because we've seen it a lot too. You know, we, yeah. we dabble a little bit also in the security. I mean, you've got to, when you're doing high tech engineering, always you right. wearing your security hat, you know, so that you're sure. not at the other side of, of smashing software for fun and profit and Bitcoins. Uh, but like, maybe some tactics and techniques of how to blend those two ideals together. Because hmm. oftentimes, like we'll see people who have just lockdown systems, you know, and and, and the most secure system is, is never the most usable system. Right. Uh, but then, you know, even in that, like that high tech, very, very secure system, like it's still, it you know, it might not comply with some basic thing uh, because they just weren't, you know, they weren't, they weren't going down that path. But now, hmm. you know, they're paying someone else or us, you know, to go in and kind of like bring that, right? To augment mm -hmm. that. So how, how do you kind of like blend the two? And mm -hmm. on that, yep. and on that, because that's so brilliant, Keith, um, is information security for everyone? Like, is there a certain level that a company, like if it's a new startup and they're getting a new app idea or a new website, you know, is there a company or industry or sector that absolutely needs this versus not. And then a size of a company, cause this also sounds very expensive. I'm sure it's uh, costly. So uh, are mm. there components of that as well? And then also, you know, what Keith asked about, um, 
just blending blending the two. I hope you took notes on that one. Right. It's a four point question. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait a minute. Let me let me just write this down really quick. Sorry, um, man. Yeah, I just no, like no, if no, it's, it's for everybody and then mm. the ones that is for about mm. the blending. I got it. Got it. Blend. So <laughs> as far as blending security operations and audit together, I think it really starts with bringing the right people to the table, um, hiring the right people for your team, getting the right culture for your team, and then thus getting the right culture for your organization, right? Because it's bigger, you know, security doesn't happen in a vacuum. Compliance doesn't happen in a vacuum. You have to get people on board with you to this, you know, compliance uh, uh, never, never land or, or whatever you, it is that you want to call it. And it's, it's very important to note that, you know, if, if you're compliant today, it doesn't mean that you're going to be compliant a year from now or two years from now or Damn. five years from now. So it's kind of like it's a revolving process. You have to evolve. You have, you know, like cipher suites, you know, uh, 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 algorithms utilized in order to uh, uh, encrypt data, um, authentication protocols, all of these things that we utilize in order to secure our data, in order to create connections in, in order to create trust between two systems or two accounts or two, you know, with your APIs and, and what have you, you know, these things are updated, right? Things are deprecated, meaning that, you know, uh, uh, Windows 7, for example, was deprecated a few years back. Um, uh, what no more working. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Windows XP, Windows 2003, you know, different uh, Mac OSs as well deprecated. So, you know, you've got to stay ahead of the game and you've got to have this revolving door of, hey, let me check to see if I'm all right. What else do I need to do in my environment? You know, and that all starts with, you know, a, a, a you know, executive management saying, hey, somebody needs to be in charge of this or somebody needs to okay. uh, have the responsibility and accountability, uh, uh, you know, in, 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 in compliance. So in order to meld those two together, you have to have a team. That team has to be passionate. They have to work well together because your auditors aren't necessarily going to know the same thing that your security operators know. And then your security mm -hmm. operators aren't necessarily going to know all of the wonderful standards and spreadsheets and guidelines and guidance. You know, you've got, you know, your, 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 your quarterback, you've got your, you know, your fullbacks, you've got your wide receivers. It's a team sport information security is. So, you know, you can't do it on your own. So you've got to have a team and you can't just don't go at, you know, don't go it alone. So that's how yeah. you kind of uh, blend those two uh, together. So Ben, you asked who needs um, information security with a little bit of an emphasis on, um, you know, it, security being expensive. Um, and I, Sounds, you know, uh, I don't know. It, it, okay, so security can be expensive. Security is not free. It's either gonna cost a lot of time uh, a lot of money, a lot of effort, you, you know, it, you know, or, or there are going to be levels um, there in between. If I look at, you know, a certain vendor um, that has their stuff together, they're going to say, hey, you know, I've got this amazing technology. Um, uh, but they also say that, hey, these people are responsible for security and privacy and um, and compliance. I see on the other side, we have vendors with some really, really great, you know, I say we have vendors, meaning I see vendors in, 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 in the information technology space 
that, you know, don't necessarily follow best practice guidelines, um, but they have like a really great product, right? And then those, uh, those vendors typically spend little to no time, yeah. uh, in, you know, on security and compliance this efforts. Is most companies. Unless they get breached. So right. you, you ever look at, you know, a company that is, is, is that, that was recently, you know, breached or, or what have you, you know, what happens right after that, the, the checkbooks open every you know, time the, the C just parts and it's like, you know, you just come with, you know, <laughs> billions of dollars or, or whatever, all of a sudden the, the, the money is there. So it's, it's really on the executives, uh, the executive management to, 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 to understand that, Hey, you know, security is a necessity. It's got to be a priority Absolutely. and it's got to be, you know, because you really want your, your, your tools and your technology or whatever service that a company is providing. You really want it to, you want that to be the forefront. You don't want, you know, your, you know, your, your, your clients or your potential clients to question the, um, the safety. Uh, and the integrity and the confidentiality uh, of uh, the data that they would be storing with you, right? So very important for companies to kind of zero in and say, hey, somebody needs to be doing this. It's not, yeah. you know, oh, you know, oh, sorry, we, we don't have time or, or what have you. You know, you can ask a few questions as a security professional. You can ask a few questions, maybe four or five questions to, to a company um, and figure out if they're actually serious or not. The first question is, who's in charge of security? It's like, well, uh, <laughs> so then that's when, you know, the, the questionnaires start getting longer. So would you say this is probably more in line from just a perspective of they maybe have the finances to invest in this and obviously having a system in place is always going to be less expensive than having a breach and then doing mm -hmm. it out of a necessity because one it probably gives you know security uh, teams and whatnot companies a little bit more leverage to probably charge a little bit more but also um, it's just wiser but I mean, so a mom and pop, maybe e-commerce store that just stores emails, for instance, like mm -hmm. maybe if that in the, and they're on Shopify, maybe Shopify has something already internally to kind of help protect theirs. Exactly. I'm just, I'm trying to talk from the standpoint of somebody mm. that knows nothing about this. They're not, mm -hmm. you know, nerding out like we are and, and me less so than <laughs> you two. And yeah. I'm still having a hell of a time here. I love this stuff, but, uh, you know, from someone that doesn't know much in that perspective that are listening to this, you know, if they're mm -hmm. an e-commerce store, they're kind of maybe in their first three years, maybe they don't need to, you know, maybe they should, but maybe they can't afford it yet. But like mm -hmm. what, what types of large to medium sized companies would really benefit from doing this like yesterday? Hmm. I think so. You kind of asked a two part question. So the, let's take the mom and pop. Uh, uh, example first. Um, so for a very, very small business, um, there's some really, really basic things that you can do to, to up your game from a security perspective. Um, the first thing that you can do, um, patch your systems. Um, patch your systems up to the, to the latest patch version and then check every month to see if there, you know, there needs to be some, uh, some updates or patches. If you're using, uh, Microsoft, you got patch Tuesday. If you're using, uh, Mac OS, um, you know, I'm sure they uh, have an, an equivalent, uh, uh, maybe monthly or, or bi-monthly and yeah, all you have to AKA do is just select update. that. <laughs> all you have to do is select that, uh, that update, 
uh, uh, button. Click it and click it often. Um, the second thing that individuals can do, let's say if they have a, a, a Shopify store, is take a look at you know the configurations that they have on their website. Say, hmm, what kind of security type of uh, uh, you know um, uh, controls are here? You know, whether it's the email that you use to log in to Shopify or whatever you know type of e-commerce uh, uh, site that you have, make sure that you have two-factor authentication. That's that right. you know SMS text or app-based authentication Always. where they say you put in your username, you put in your password, and then you get a text, kind of like your bank, or you use an app, or you know use your fingerprint, whatever it is. However you want to do, you have to have three factors of authentication: something you know something you have, something you are, you know, you want to have two factors. You don't want to just have your username and your password because honestly, the password is is, is essentially dead. Um, so that's the second thing that you can do, multi-factor authentication for both the Shopify account that you're using uh, or and the email account that you're using. So you don't want to have your uh, uh, Gmail or your uh, Yahoo Mail or whatever mail you're utilizing in order to get in unprotected. So you want to have a, a nice complex password and you want to also have multi-factor authentication. And the third and thing, oh, go ahead. You just raised a very poignant issue, which is like passwords are dead. I mean, that's so true. And you kind of hear it ringing around the security industry because it is very true. So like oftentimes the most secure system isn't the most usable. One cool pattern that we've been embracing at Dimension Software, and we even have a Shopify product that does this, uh, but passwordless login flow. And again, it's combining something you have with something you know, in this case, your email account, something that only hopefully you have access to, and hopefully that's behind 2FA as well. And then you just send a magic link, boom, they log it in, SSO everywhere now they're logged in just by clicking the link. It's for us been one of those things that's like very novel. It comes out and it's like, oh, hey, it is more secure and it's easier just real quickly like have you noticed are there any other trends anything upcoming that you see you know that really goes against that pattern that hey the most secure system is usually the the least usable you know like maybe embracing a little bit of technology here and there some kind of a new novel app maybe it's a mobile app hmm i think the authenticator apps now um, that didn't exist, you know, 10 years ago, and make it very easy to have two-factor authentication. Whether yeah, it's uh, Google Authenticator, you've got Duo, you've got Okta, you've got um, uh, a lot of other ones that are out there. Um, RSA, I think they have one as well. Um, yeah. So they have made it very easy for individuals to, you know, essentially get a push notification uh, and then just click yes, I would like to get in after using their username and their password. And that has helped out uh, immensely. And that, you know, I'm glad you brought it up because that brings me into the third point, um, which is user awareness. You know, a big thing now is that attackers have, you know, massive, massive password lists, username and password combinations that some of them are good, Game some over. of them are not good, right? So the way a lot of uh, businesses are, you know, compromised is they essentially get the, the username and the password, the hacker does, and then they input it into, you know, Outlook or whatever uh, email that they're using. They get in uh, and then uh, they get a, uh, the user then has the, uh, has an MFA prompt, a multi-factor authentication prompt on their phone, but they didn't even try to log in. So they're so um, used to just seeing it, and then they just click, oh, yes, okay. 
but they didn't no. even log in. It's 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 9 p.m. on a Saturday, right? And they're on vacation and they see this. Well, oh yeah, I better click okay. So, you know, I think the third part of this is user awareness. This is why, yes. you know, yeah. I'm, I'm really big personally on, on uh, cybersecurity awareness. Um, and we're actually just getting ready to do one um, at my firm. You should do a and YouTube I, channel, I, man. <laughs> a YouTube channel, man. I, I tell you, I, I would. Uh, time is, you know, this is kind oh, of sure. like a, uh, my job is kind of like a 24-hour job. And, you know, my one of my passions is, okay. is kind of getting the word out to the users to in order to build a, a security-based culture or at least a security-aware culture. You don't want them to be security-based, but you want them to be security-aware. You want them to be aware of all the bad things that could happen so that they could just ring that button and say, hey, let's call the information security department or let's call the, you know, whatever department that the security department or the, the whatever department that they have that's responsible uh, for information security in order to give them some help. Right. You don't expect a user to kind of like be able to triage everything, go on to virus total, go on to all these, you know, different sites to check things out. That's why, you know, you've got to have like a, a, a good information security department or somebody at a company that is aware of some of these basic techniques um, that and that's going to bring a company very, very far. You know, and they say too, like. See, you have that kind of physical attribute of security, right? Because you, not only are you protect, protecting all the logical devices and everything that exists throughout in your cloud infrastructure, your private cloud, whatever, but you've also got the physical. And, you know, one thing that a lot of times, like you're talking now about training the employees, it's like that person who's busting in, you know, physically to maybe st steal a storage attached thing or whatever it is, right. like, they probably aren't wearing full camo coming in packing <laughs> heat. It's probably some guy who looks like the IT wizard just going around yep. with his, you know, with his notepad, <laughs> make it easy for them to understand this yeah. and call it out. Oh yeah. So, you know, I, I think one part of the cybersecurity awareness training has to be physical security as well. So what you've just uh, described there is piggybacking. What uh, right. you know uh, uh, an individual tends to do is they'll come in, they'll come in with some boxes or something like that, or they'll come in with a worker uniform or what have you, and then they'll wait for somebody who actually has a legit badge to come on in and then follow them. But typically individuals notice, the, the people who work at the companies, the victims, let's call them, they notice this. Um, but they don't say anything because they're like, oh, mm -hmm. well, he had some boxes. They don't question it. Right? Human kindness. Exactly. So, you know, backing is one of those things that you have to make people aware of. And, you know, the, 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 the worker in an office doesn't necessarily have to make contact with that person, right? But they should report that suspicious person um, that didn't lock, come into the, the secure facility with a badge. Right. So, you know, that should be a part of the, uh, you know, the security training. Hopefully it is for, for individuals um, so that, you know, and then additionally you have the way that um, floor plans are laid out. So, you know, essentially if, you know, let's say you don't have a, uh, a badge system, maybe you have, you know, multi-layered uh, uh, offices or what have you, somebody should be able to see some, every individual coming in, for example. Um, another control is being able to have CCTV. Um, mm -hmm. and, you know, being able to, uh, uh, send that, uh, that CCTV signal to someone, maybe have a, um, have a 24 hour SOC security operations center in the building. Maybe it's not uh, a part of your actual company, but it's a service that, you know, everybody in the building pays for, for example. Um, and then even going, even going down to the mom and pop shop, 
Uh, let's say that somebody has uh, uh, taken your example of a Shopify store. What can they do there? You know, you're getting your product delivered maybe to your home. Maybe you're just getting started off, but you know, make sure and have one of those lock boxes for the boxes that you've, you've got going on. If you're um, getting a, a delivery, maybe CCTV uh, right on the delivery location so you can get a, a text notification or push notification once uh, your packages or your products have been delivered to you um, so that you, know, you can make sure that they're not stolen. Um, you know, that's something that I, you know, Very hate practical. to see, uh, especially with individuals that are, Very. you know, just starting out and then they just get their stuff stolen. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's just terrible. So, so even those are some things security. that you can do. Interesting. Oh yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> and, sure. And your Amazon packages, right? You, you yeah. don't want your Amazon stuff stolen either, right? Well, yeah. that's what, that's what, you know, jujitsu is for too. Get them in a nice triangle you ah. know, and choke them out, you know? <laughs> well, you, you, you gotta be careful where you use it, right? Because there are some really terrible things that can happen. Um, you know, you don't want to bring some fists to a gunfight. Um, and, and, and you gotta, you gotta be careful, right? Um, neither do you want to uh, bring some fists to a knife fight. I've seen some really cool knife disarms, uh, on YouTube, but you know, uh, my advice to anyone, if you're, if you're ever about to get into a, uh, you know, altercation, altercation. don't do everything, yep. do everything that you can do to not get in that altercation. Um, and, uh, and, and try to remove yourself from the situation because your stuff, um, essentially it's not worth, um, getting hurt, uh, over, uh, um, uh, or, you know, dying or, anyone or what have you mm -hmm. for sure. such sage advice, yeah. especially in today's times. So yeah. you've transitioned, Definitely. you know, into a leadership role. What, what's the personality type of, of someone that, that works with you or under you? And, you know, how do you, how do you manage, you know, straight up nerds <laughs> essentially, right? <laughs> like we're all nerds here. Well, you know, there are some, uh, folks that, you know, are really passionate about what they do. So I think at a, as a leader, you have to understand that there are a number of different personality types and a different communication mechanisms by which you can utilize. And mechanisms meaning maybe, you know, you need to send somebody a Skype message or a Teams message or a, you know, whatever, Slack message, um, rather than going to their office, knocking on their door and talking to them directly you know, about, you know, uh, something that's not very important. You know, obviously there's a time and a place, you know, you've got to uh, kind of be direct with people. But some people, you know, it, it just depends. You know, you, you've got to get to the point, right? But it's all about communication and how you communicate what you need to get done. Um, you know, managing different personality types, it's, um, you know, it's, I guess it's become second, uh, second nature to me. You know, you've got to assume positive intent with anything that somebody uh, is doing. You know, you don't want to just go out and fry people uh, if, if something goes wrong, because then, you know, you don't have an ally, you have an adversary. But on the flip side, um, you don't want to uh, go too soft uh, as well, because, you know, then you're going to run the risk of uh, individuals uh, thinking that you're more of a friend than a, you know, uh, uh, than a leader of a, of a security shop or an IT shop or what have you. So there's a fine, thin balance. And it's kind of like, kind of like car racing, right? There's always a balance in, you know, trying to make that curve at the right speed. Um, and then there are different curves, different elevations, um, different uh, track surfaces. Um, you know, so what you want to do is go as fast as you need to go in order to get the job done. 
Um, there are different methods on how to do that, whether it's uh, different methods to, to communicate with people uh, or, you know, maybe, you know, just follow things up with an email if you have to or, or what have you, uh, or just, you know, sit down and, 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 and have a drink with them, uh, you know, uh, once every once every quarter or what have you, if, if you can do that. Um, so, you know, there, you got to build rapport. It's not a, it's not a one time thing, this communication uh, uh, thing that I'm talking about here. It's you're building relationships and you're building, you're building equity uh, 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 in your company, so to speak, by uh, communicating wisely, uh, being succinct um, and, you know, essentially promoting individuals and giving them the power to do what it is that they need to do. Um, you don't want to, you know, micromanage. You don't want to uh, 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 get in the habit of just taking things away that don't need to be taken away. Um, you've got to, you've got to do the the best that you can to 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 make an ideal situation, whatever it is that that means for your organization. Absolutely. Yeah, building equity in the company and building equity in your team. Oh yeah. And that's equity that pays dividends every single day that it's working for everyone. Oh yeah. I mean, you, the last thing that you want is to be misunderstood um, and, you know, have a situation where employees are, 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 are not happy. Team members are not happy because, you know, uh, uh, the, what you said or what you did isn't, you know, necessarily what, uh, uh, what you meant. And, you know, you, you've got to be firm when you need to be firm and you need to be flexible uh, where possible. Um, and you need to make sure that they have the power and the knowledge, right, to to to, to go ahead and handle things uh, in the span of their uh, in the span of their control. Whether it, if they're a systems administrator, an email person, or an information security operator, they have to be able to make decisions. And um, you know, individuals that are you know really really intelligent and really focused on one thing, you've got to try to push them to be more, do more. Um, and I found that, you know, if, if you do do that, um, you'll get better results from a retention perspective uh, as a result. Man, yeah. these big uh, unicorn companies, they throw around the word like culture and ecosystem quite a bit. You know, from first glance, you know, a law firm and security information, uh, you know, technology and, and that sector of what you do, sounds drier than the word that these big <laughs> things are but i mean but yeah. the question is is there culture in your company and what's maybe a misconception about what you do and being less exciting than a than a unicorn tech company yeah um the company culture uh, uh where i am today it's it's really cool because we have um uh, a, a no jerk rule, no jerk policy. You actually got to, uh, you, you have to be cordial to people and, and it's a team member, uh, atmosphere. And it's, uh, and it's really important that that kind of, that kind of sticks. And, and going back to what I said before about positive intent, it's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's really important to, um, to assume that people, uh, want to do the right thing. And if, and if somebody made a mistake, then okay, you know, fine. It's uh, it's it's not a, a a game changer, let's say, and let's hope it's not a game changer. Um, but if if it does happen, you've got to correct that uh, that 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 action and make sure that it doesn't happen again. I've found in in, in organizations, prior jobs, 
people can make a mistake once, but typically if, if, if it's communicated well, you know, they're not going to make that mistake, uh, uh, again, because why they want to do uh, a great job. And, you know, as a, a supervisor or, or executive, it's, it's important to have your pulse on, you know, what's going on in your organization and not be so, so hands off that you don't even know, um, what's going on. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's all about teamwork and it's all about, um, not being a jerk, um, and, you know, being direct, um, where you have to be such sage advice, man. So let's transition into, you know, what you're doing now, anything that, uh, we can look forward to seeing you doing or, uh, what, you know, what things are you into now and, and where can our, our listeners kind of find you on, on the social inner weasel? Well, <laughs> as you could probably tell, I don't have very much of a, a social, um, uh, social uh social media presence um not yet need to work on we're, that we're but, gonna get we're gonna um, get you a youtube <laughs> channel man you need to you need to spread sure. the word here and and we'll, we'll make it fun and creative or at least have you on our show a bit and and yeah. kind of just talk about these things in more of a maybe more vertical sense but you know quicker and and more direct and targeted but no, you're no, a great sure. writer too Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I just the author. <laughs> I just uh, I just remembered I, I do have a couple of blogs, uh, uh, blog posts uh, that I'm out there. I usually uh, write some stuff on uh, LinkedIn um, or I think, um, you know, maybe in the next few months, you'll probably see something on medium uh, dot com. I'll probably uh, uh, throw a couple of articles out there. I have actually it's just pretty funny. I have a number of different articles that I just haven't posted anywhere. So you guys <laughs> have just uh, reminded me uh, that I need to get on my horse. Uh, a little bit and 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 do that when you um, can find time. You know. Send them over, man. We'll 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 pu- we'll help you publish them. <laughs> you, wish, uh, you know, for sure, man. For sure, I, I, I'd appreciate that, man. It's always a good time. Um, you know, essentially hanging out with you guys and and, and chatting. Blast it out. Yeah, man. Send it's, it. Hey, hey. <laughs> you know, I think I'm probably the most uh, uh, critical of. Uh, of all of the, you know, the critics, right, that will probably see anything that I write. So uh, that's, that's probably the reason why, you know, I like to kind of perfect things before putting them out there uh, uh, on the web. But, uh, but yeah, you guys, you guys are definitely uh, um, uh, gonna, gonna get me to uh, put some more stuff out there. Look forward to it, man. Well, on this podcast, we have two things that we really enjoy doing kind of our goals for these episodes, like one, is to highlight fascinating individuals who stand tall amongst giants such as yourself. And then two, we really want to give our listeners, you know, takeaways from this conversation uh, that they either wouldn't have access to, or maybe even wouldn't even know to ask period. Um, so through your experience and crazy stories and, and just your life in general, can you leave our listeners and us with a last piece of advice and or wisdom that maybe you wish you knew from day one of your journey to, to where you are now? Hmm. Wow. That's a deep question. Yeah. Just, um, and it's more general than it is any, specific. Just something sure, that sure. maybe made such an impact on your life that you, you wish you would have known and that maybe someone needs to hear that today. Hmm. I think that individuals need to set uh, an individual goal uh, uh, for themselves. Um, it took me a little while, um, probably in my early 20s, um, uh, to, to really start setting concrete goals for myself. And that's something that, that really helped me 
you know, kind of make it to where I am today. Um, and as soon as you goal set and you have that thing in mind, you know, you've got to give energy, you've got to give effort, you've got to, you've got to give time um, um, to it because it's, it's kind of like, you know, growing, you know, growing, growing plants and, and, and things, you know, growing a tree. Uh, it takes time. It starts off as a little seed. Um, but eventually, if you know, you give it enough sun, you give it enough nutrients, you give it enough water, um, your tree will begin to bear fruit. Um, so, you know, don't discount, you know, those goals that, you know, you might have. Start by, you know, creating small goals and then create bigger goals. Um, and then you'll find that it, it could become, you know, your thing to start achieving uh, more than you thought was ever possible. Um, that's one thing um, for me particularly that I wish I would have uh, sat myself down. Um, and who knows, you know, when you're 21, do you listen to anybody? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, at a certain point in time, uh, it's game time. And you've got to get in the game. You've got to get your goal. You've got to win the game. Whatever that means for you, whatever industry you're in, uh, whatever sport you're in, whatever, you know, it is that you want to do in your life, you can do it. Um, it's going to take time. It's going to take effort. It's going to take energy. Um, but, um, but you can do it. Just, you know, don't quit. Um, don't be, you know, the type to, to just say, ah, well, you know, I tried, you know, after a day and then, you know, set it aside or just read a bunch of, uh, literature, uh, and, you know, about, you know, all of these wonderful things, uh, uh and wonderful, uh, experiences and then, you know, not doing it. You gotta, you gotta bring it into action. You've gotta, you know, You've got to join your call to action. <laughs> Man, you're getting me all fired up listening to that. I'm ready to conquer the world. And it's such truth. If cybersecurity was the name of a superhero, it would be him. He's saving companies <laughs> millions through his security efforts. Get this man a raise. He heard the call and took action. Quincy, thanks for coming on our show, man. We appreciate you for sharing your incredible story. And uh, we welcome you to the CTAP family. Ow! Fellas, that was beautiful. Thank you. Damn, Quincy, you did it again, man. Thanks for coming on our show, man. We really honestly can't thank you enough. Uh, you're a phenomenal guest. You're a phenomenal friend. Uh, and we really look forward to getting together with you and uh, smashing, clinking some beers together here once things calm down. And to our sea tappers, again, thank you so much for tuning in taking the journey with us, listening to our incredible guests, and hopefully you got some inspiration, learned something new that maybe you wouldn't even know to start talking about or, or who to start talking to about it. So that's our goal here. Bring you fresh, incredible content with some people that will just make life better. They'll teach you things and hopefully inspire you to move and act on life. It's too short. Get after it. We love you. Tune in next week for a hot episode. Ciao.